Welcome to the True Condos Podcast with Andrew LaFleur, the place to get the truth on the Toronto condo market and condo investing in Toronto. Hello and welcome back to the True Condos Podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Andrew LaFleur. Thanks for listening in today. When it comes to condo investing, one of the most confusing and the most misunderstood subjects that I've encountered is probably the HST and HST rebates. The worst part of it all is that if you talk to five different people about the HST, you're going to get five different answers. And this is just for, I'm just talking about the experts, lawyers, accountants, developers, everybody seems to have a different uh, thought process or opinion on how it actually works. So HST has actually been around for over four years now, and yet no one seems to be able to tell you how it works and how the rebate process actually is uh, looked after by the CRA. Well, the good news is that I have found a great guy recently that I want to introduce you to. Um, All my condo investor clients, all the listeners of this podcast, and his name is Mark Purdy. He's a tax consultant. Mark has personally filed hundreds of successful HST rebate applications for his clients and has recovered millions of dollars for them. So he's the best person that I've found yet to talk to about HST because he's actually living and breathing it every day. It's not just theoretical, he's actually doing it. So if you're completely unfamiliar with the HST and how it affects condo investors, I've written a couple articles about the subject and I'll link to those in the show notes for this episode, which you can find over at truecondos.com slash rebate. Okay, so here it is, my interview with Mark Purdy. Okay, Mark, thanks very much for being here on the podcast today. Appreciate your time. You're welcome. Thank you. Um, so why don't we start just uh, telling everybody a little bit about yourself, your company. What's your story? How did you get into this business of uh, HST rebates. Okay. Well, we've been around for about 15 years in tax consulting. Um, we actually got into this business more as a, as a mistake than anything else. Uh, we bought our first condo three, three and a half years ago. Um, on closing, we found out that we had to pay HST. Okay. So like, like a lot of people who are listening or a lot of people who've been through the HST experience, this whole HST thing in terms of condo investing was news to you as well. It was a even big though, shock. Even though your business was as a tax consultant. Yep. It was a big shock. Um, about three days before closing. In fact, you know, I kind of heard rumors about it. Yep. So I'd asked a couple of people and, and never got a, an honest answer. Um, about three days before closing, we got a call from our lawyer saying that we had to come up with $17,000 in HST. And we were like, what the heck? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we stepped back and we... we had the cash flow, so that was great. We paid the HST, and we met with our lawyer and asked the lawyer a little bit about it, and he said, you know, he thought we could get it back if we said we were going to live there, which, of course, we weren't. Um, and he gave me one form, and he said, you know, have a look into it. So I left the, his office and got on the internet because it's a wonderful thing and started looking around, trying to find out about HST and the HST rebates mm-hmm. and how can I possibly get this money back. Um, Came across a couple of companies that, that do claim to do it. Uh, when I called them and told them about my situation, they said because I was I was going to be renting out the property, I wasn't eligible to get the money back. And these were the experts in the field at the time. Um, talked to another company, and they said, no, no, you can get it back, and we're going to charge you 20% of your refund. 
Wow, which was pretty shocking. <laughs> yeah. So I looked so a little. This was you had a seventeen thousand dollars HST bill. How much was the condo? The purchase price of it? Two hundred and twenty thousand. Two hundred twenty thousand, seventeen thousand dollars HST bill, and you're thinking, how am I going to get this money back? You're hearing mixed messages. So then, what happened? Yeah. Well, actually, my my first reaction was, let's sell this puppy and get out of this. This is okay. crazy. <laughs> Which, of course, we didn't do. So we we looked into it a little bit further. Called CRA. Um, Got copies of all the guides and the documents and the forms that need to be filled in, which wasn't the easiest thing. Um, pulled down the 176-page guide to fill in this this form that needed to be done. And then we went through the process of applying. A um, lot of uncertainties with it. One of the, the challenges is, you know, Revenue Canada said we had to be an individual. Well, we bought it through a holding company. Right. Turns out you can buy it as a holding company. You can buy it as an American citizen. You Any... Any country in the world, you can buy a property in Ontario, mm-hmm. and you're going to get that HST rebate back. And nobody seemed to know that. Um, so we went through. We filled in the application. It took us uh, several hours. Uh, we sent it off to Revenue Canada, and about three weeks later, we got our money back. So that and was great. Then, and then, the, what, a light bulb went off, and you said? And a light bulb <laughs> went off, and I, I called up my lawyer, and I said, you know, how come you didn't tell me about this? And he said, well, I've never heard of this before. Right. And then I called up my realtor, and I said, you know, why didn't you tell me about this? And they said, well, we weren't sure how the program worked. So then I did a little more, more research, and I called a bunch of uh, real estate lawyers and a bunch of accountants and a bunch of realtors, and lo and behold, nobody seemed to understand the program. And that's when the light went off, and I went, geez, you know, I bet you there's an opportunity for this. Uh, since then, we've never looked back. And so um, now you have... How much of your, you know, you have this tax consulting business. How mm-hmm. much of your business is the HST rebate side now? Is it just a, is it just a side piece for you? Is it becoming a big thing? or From a volume perspective, uh, most of our tax consulting is in the uh, scientific research and experimental development. And that represents probably 85% of our income. That represents about 85% of our income. Um, but from a volume of actual clients... Uh, the HST has picked up significantly. Uh, one of the reasons for that is is people just don't under, understand the program. Uh, the other problem that's happened is recently Revenue Canada has gone through and has decided to start reviewing all applications for the new home rebate. And that's where you buy the property and you say you're going to be the primary resident right. of that property. Uh, most investors, as you can imagine, have said, yes, I'll be the primary resident because they don't have to pay HST on closing. Right. Uh, but Revenue Canada is now doing 100% review. Whereas before, they were not. Before, they weren't doing anything. They were sort of turning a blind eye. People were saying, yeah, I'm going to move in, and, and, the, and the developers didn't care, and nobody cared, yeah. so the HST rebates were just flowing right through. And Yeah, and you, and you got the benefit of it right away. The unfortunate thing is Revenue Canada can go back two years. So they can go back to a product. Somebody who purchased a property in, in May 2012 and say, Prove to me that it's primary residence. Right. And you know, proving that you're a primary residence is very difficult. In fact, even people who actually live in the property can't prove, based on Revenue Canada standards, that they're a primary resident. Okay. Um, but, of course, what we're seeing is that, you know, 70 75% of these cases, Revenue Canada is sending them a letter saying, you owe us this money back. You're not eligible. Right, right. And not only do they owe the money, but they also owe penalties and interest. Right. And they're not going to get those penalties and interest back. Okay. So let's uh, take a step back and just talk to us, uh, just 
for somebody who's totally new to HST rebates, maybe they're a condo investor, they're facing an HST closing uh, on closing, uh, an HST bill on closing, or somebody who's thinking about getting into condo investing for the first time and they've heard about this HST thing, just give us a, a overview of what is the HST rebate process exactly, how does it work, and, and what is it what is it all about? Okay. It's actually fairly simple. Um, there's two programs. There's a program for someone who's going to live there, but that's not what we're talking about. And there's a program for someone who's going to invest in the product. If they're going to invest and they close on this property, they need to get somebody in for a one-year lease. They rent the property out for one year. Once they've got that one-year lease in place, they're going to get their rebate. Now it's a matter of filling in the forms. There's three forms that need to be filled in. They also need to send in a copy of their purchase and sale agreement, their statement of adjustments, and a copy of their lease. Once those things are sent in, they're going to get their check back in about 40 days, including interest. Right. And it is really quite simple. Think of it as almost like a coupon at the grocery store. As long (laughs) as you buy the right thing, you're going to get your money back. Right. This is how that works. Okay. And you're going to get 100% of your money, very much like you would if you applied through the new home rebate. They're exactly the same benefit. It's just one's for a primary liver, someone who's going to live there, Mm -hmm. and one's going to be for someone who's going to use it as an investment property. Right. Okay. So now I'm going to take you through, uh, these are a number of questions that people have asked me about the HST rebate program. So if you don't mind, Mark, I'm going to just pepper you now with various (laughs) questions. Some of these points you might have already answered and the things you're saying, but we're going to go through these list of frequently asked questions about the HST. Right. So here's the first one. The price list in the marketing materials I got from the builder said that all prices include HST. So why do I have to pay extra? Very good question. It's, it's really, for lack of a better word, it's, it's a lack of understanding at the sales process. Uh, everyone who buys a property, the assumption from the builder is that you're going to use it as your primary residence. They can't distinguish who's an investor and who's not. If you're using it as your primary residence, you're not going to pay any extra HST in closing. If you're using it as an investment property, you're going to pay HST on closing, but you're going to get it back. The only reason you don't get it back is you don't pay attention to the rules. It's easy to get it back. Great. Next question. So do I have to pay an extra 13% on final closing if I'm an investor of a new condo? No. What happens is the first 5.2% of the HST is built into the price, and the builder's paying that. Okay. On closing, you're going to pay 7.8% of the purchase price. So if you buy a property for $200,000, you're going to pay $15,600 in, in HST on closing, which you can get back. Great. Um, is, if the government is just going to give me my money back, why do I have to pay it in the first place? Good question. Um, <laughs> the, the biggest reason is it's administration of a program, and it's to try and dissuade people from buying properties and flipping them. Because you do have to lease the property. You can't just buy the property and, and flip it the next day. If you do, you're going to for, forgo that HST rebate. Okay. Um, it's also a cash flow thing. You know, how many people are buying these properties time and time again and flipping them? Mm-hmm. They're entitled to get that money. It's, it's part of the HST program. I hope I answered that. That's great. <laughs> um... And so you, you touched on this, but how much do I have to pay? Let's say, you know, if I'm buying something for, I don't know, $300,000, how much HST will I have to pay on final closing? 7.8%. So let's call it 8% to make the math nice and easy. 
In that case, you're going to pay $24,000. Is it always 7.8% on the? Always 7.8%. That's an easy way to do the That's calculation. That's the easiest, easiest okay. way to calculate it. Okay. And so how much will I get back? Good question. You're going to get back all the HST that you paid. Um, one, of the, one of the things I'm going to answer this one in, in a roundabout way as well, a lot of people seem to get the impression that if their property is worth more than 450 they get nothing back. That's not the case. You can buy a brand new property for $3 million, $6 million, $10 million. You're still entitled to a rebate in Ontario. In Ontario, the minimum you're going to get back on a million-dollar property is $24,000. Typically, you're going to get back every dime you pay in HST, except, of course, the stuff that you pay for your lawyer. Okay. Okay. So if you buy a property for $400,000 and you pay $27,000 in HST, you're going to get $27,000 in HST back. Okay. Does that make sense? When, uh, what, under what circumstances would you not get all of the HST back, and how much would you not get back? The only time, really, you're not going to get anything back if you or take a long, not not anything, but if you don't get all of it. Let's say you yeah. pay uh, thirty thousand, but you only get twenty four thousand. Like, under what circumstance would would that happen? The only reason you're not going to get it all back is there's two reasons. One, you filed for the new home rebate and you got charged penalties and interest, and then you finally filed for the right program six months, eight months down the road. Okay, so you're not going to get it back because you're going to pay penalties and interest. But standardly, you shouldn't pay any more than what the rebate is eligible for. So if I buy a property from a builder for $400,000, the only HST I should pay is what I'd be eligible to get back. Right. Okay. Right? Some builders or some lawyers in the process haven't figured that out. I shouldn't be liable for any HST beyond what I'm eligible to claim back because it says HST is included. Right? So if you're charged $32,000 in HST on closing, someone's done something wrong. That's very interesting. Right? You're eligible because it says HST is included. The only thing you should have to pay on closing is anything you're not entitled to because you're not using it as a primary resident. Okay. Once you use it as an investment property, you're entitled to it all back. So you should get everything you pay back. Okay. So do you have, have you been through circumstances with your clients where they have paid too much? Yes. And have you been able to help them rectify that problem, get the money back? It's, it's a difficult situation because now you're dealing with lawyers and builders and who did what wrong. Right. Um, has it been resolved? Not usually. Oftentimes what ends up happening is, is the consumer pays more HST than they should have. And okay. there's no real way for them to get it back unless they go after the lawyer or they go after the builder. So... What should people do if they're coming up on final closing and they want to make sure they're not paying too much? Well, it's a good idea to actually do the do the math. You know, if if I'm closing on a property that's $300,000, multiply that by 7.8, that's what I should pay in extra HST on closing. Okay. If I'm being asked for more, ask the question why. It's just education, right? Right. If someone you're closing on a property and it's a million dollars, and they're asking you for $50,000 in HST, if HST was included, the rebate's $24,000, so all I should be paying is $24,000. Okay. If anything else is being charged, you need to ask why. Interesting. Okay. Um, so you touched on this again, but what 
go over if you could go over again what are the criteria that have that I have to meet as an investor in order to get the money back basically you need to do one thing and you need to do it at the beginning you need to put a 12 month or a one year lease in place okay, okay. there's criteria around that it could be a rent owned property you could put in a lease that says um, I'm going to buy the property six months after, but it's still a one-year lease. Okay. Once you've got that one-year lease in place, you're guaranteed to get your money back. Can you do other things? For sure. Such as? You can have a three-month lease. You can have six three-month leases. Okay. You can have short-term rentals. All of those things, though, are going to require Revenue Canada to do a review. Okay. So, so you've got two processes. One, yep. I get a one-year lease. Yep. It gets rubber-stanced. And your check goes out in 45 days. Okay. The other way, I put in a whole variety of leases, a three-month, a six-month, a nine-month, or whatever, or short-term rental contracts. Yeah. Now Revenue Canada has got to review it and do a physical audit. Okay. What does a physical audit mean? What is that? They're so going, if I, let's say I have a, a three-month lease instead of a 12-month lease, that's all I could find, or for some reason that's what I wanted to do. I rented it out for three months after I got the keys. Mm-hmm. And I did uh, the final closing. I paid the HST. I send in my application with a three-month lease. What will happen then? First thing they're going to do is deny it. Okay. <laughs> they're going to look for a history. Yeah. Okay. If I have a one-year lease in place, I've done my job. Yeah. If I have a three-month three lease in place, I haven't. So now they're going to wait until a year, year and a half has gone by. And now they're going to look back and say, has okay. Andrew shown that he is using and- this as a rental property? And now they can make an assessment. Okay, so now, first of all, you're waiting a year. Right. Or a year and a half out okay. before you can apply for your rebate. And you're allowing Revenue Canada to do a physical audit. First approach, get your money back in 45 days. Second approach, you wait a year. Right. And then they're going to take six to eight months to review it. So your advice to anyone is? Get a one-year lease. Okay, make it simple. <laughs> what if I originally bought a pre-construction condo for myself to live in, but it took so long that to get built that my life circumstances have changed and I bought another property and I moved into that one. Now I want to rent this one, this this uh, condo out. I don't plan on living in anymore. Do I still have to pay the HST or does the government take into account my intent when I originally bought the property? That's a good question, actually. The, the intent one is a, is a complicated one. You actually have to prove through this program what your intent was. In a situation like you've described, how do you prove that? How do you prove what was in your brain a year, two, three, four years ago? Uh, What Revenue Canada is now looking at is they're looking at life-altering circumstances. So if Andrew bought a property three years ago, and at the time he was married, um, and now three years in the future, the condo comes up and it's a one-bedroom condo, but he's got three kids, Mm -hmm. they can see that as a life-altering experience. Okay. And so maybe it doesn't make sense for him to go ahead and use this as a, a primary residence. So you take a little bit of a risk there. What I would recommend to most people in a situation like that is a year from now, two years from now, you take possession of that property, rent it out, pay the HST on closing, and get it back through the rental rebate program. It's simple. Right. In fact, in many cases, we're seeing that people who are actually physically living in the property are still getting denied because they're not doing the right things. And what Revenue Canada is looking for are things that the average consumer probably wouldn't consider. If you were to buy a property tomorrow and you were going to live in it, what would you do? 
change your address. Uh, change my address, yeah. Hook up your utilities, okay. yep. right? All of those things you would do as a landlord. So those don't qualify you as a primary resident. Right. Right? right. Would you automatically go out and change your, your tax filing information? Might not do it right away. Yeah, it might take some time. They want to see it right away. Would you yeah. change your passport? Would you update your license? Mm-hmm. Would you change your address with your doctor and your pharmacist, mm-hmm. uh, your optometrist? All of those things need to be done immediately because those things designate you actually living in that property. Those are the things that CRA is That's looking for. That's what they're for. looking for. Yeah. They're looking for things like you setting up a landline. Well, today most of us don't have <laughs> landlines. We have cell phones. Yeah. You don't have a landline. You don't qualify. Wow. They're looking for you to get a subscription to a magazine subscription sent to that property. Wow. How many people do that? Wow. All of those things they're <laughs> looking for. And we've dealt with probably five, five families this month alone who have been denied the, the primary resident rebate who've been living there. We've got affidavits from their neighbors that they've been there for two years. Really? And we're having to fight those. You're having to fight that based on all these things you're just listing because off. Because they aren't doing the right things. They're checking out all sorts of yeah. things. You know, off. and some of the things are simple. You know, you get insurance. Right. There's two types of insurance. There's resident insurance. There's renter insurance. Well, you have to get the right one. Right. What's the main thing, though? Is it, is it changing your driver's license and setting up the utility bills? In your like, What's the main thing in your uh, experience that Revenue Canada is looking for? They're, they're looking for all the public information changes. Um, they're looking for, if you've got kids, you've registered them at the local school. Okay. And you've registered them with your current address. And they're looking for things like prescriptions and magazine subscriptions, um, landlines. How can they, but how, how do they get that information, like magazine subscriptions? You've have, you have to prove it to them. You have to prove it to them. So when they ask the question, are you living there, you've got to give them evidence to you support to, it. You have to. Okay. It's not you're automatically innocent. Okay. So that's what they're guilty until proven. Innocent. That's what they're looking for. In some cases, you know, I almost suggest that if you're going to use it as your primary residence, it's easier to rent it to yourself and get your HST <laughs> rebate. Wow. But anyways, wow. that's that's uh, wow, interesting. Um, you touched on this, I think. But can I get the can I get the HST rebate back if I buy the condo in a under a company name? Yes. So you can do it one of two ways. If you buy it in an operating company, you're going to create an input tax credit. You're not going to apply for the rebate. You're just going to get your HST back on your next HST installment payment. That's simple. But if you're buying in a non-operating company, a holding company, you're treated just like an individual. As long as you've got that one-year lease in place, you apply, the check comes back to the holding company. Okay. If you're a non-Canadian citizen, same thing. As long as you have that one-year lease in place, you apply, you get the check sent back to you. Great. Um, so after I get the HST money back, can I just turn around and sell the condo and keep the rebate? No. <laughs> what There are three reasons why Revenue Canada can demand you pay that HST back. Okay? Um, the first reason is you sell that property within a year of taking occupancy. Okay, So for condos, it's different than non-condo environment. If I buy a, a freehold property, occupancy is the day I take possession of the property. In a condo, oftentimes, occupancy is way before the uh, property is registered. Yes. Okay. So the first thing you have to think about is you want to wait one year from occupancy. One year from occupancy before? Then you can sell that property. Okay. Okay. 
there is a caveat. If I were to buy a property, I take occupancy in May. Yep. I apply, I get my HST rebate back. In July, I decide to sell the property. I'm okay to sell it as long as I sell it to someone who promises to live in it as a primary resident. Okay. Okay. In a situation like that, I would I would strongly suggest that that, that individual signs an affidavit guaranteeing that they're going to live there as a primary resident. If they live there as a primary resident, you don't have to pay back the HST. Okay. That's a great tip. So if, if somebody's in that situation, get that affidavit from the purchaser just in case. Yep. The CRA just in case comes a knocking down the road and says, yep. hey, and what's the, going on? The other thing you want to consider is what does sell mean? Well, from Revenue Canada's perspective, the sold date is the date that the actual financial transaction with the bank, the mortgage the closing happens. Date. The closing date. Not the Not date the I listed it. You have right? an agreement, right. So if I buy a property and let's say I take occupancy of that property in January 2013, I can put it on the market in June, July, August. Mm-hmm. All I want to do is make sure my closing is a year and a date beyond the occupancy time. And I'm covered. I don't have to pay back the HST. But please apply for the HST first because it's a lot easier right. to get it. Yes. Than to when you have possession yeah. of the property, right? Okay. Um, now, how many applications have you done this month, or <laughs> roughly in, <laughs> in total? We're doing about twenty to thirty applications a month. Twenty to thirty applications a month. Okay, so huge so I would you've done hundreds. I would say two two hundred fifty claims so far this this year. This year, wow. Yeah. So, how complicated is it? for somebody to fill out the application and do it all themselves, would you say? Without shooting myself in the foot? It's really not that bad. <laughs> yeah. um, it's, it's really a matter of terminology, understanding the terms. Um, the problem for a layman is you're presented with these three documents, or three forms, and all these other forms that you've got to complete and add in, and these, these uh, mathematical calculations that you've got to make, which aren't really that bad. Mm-hmm. But in order to do it, you've got to go through the guides. You really do. The first time I saw it, I went, You can't just wing it. Geez, what is this? You've got to read that guide. The the initial guide for the new residential rental program, it's about 72 pages long. Mm -hmm. That's daunting. Because you know what? It's it's written in government language, which means you probably need another guide to understand the language. Right. And let's face it. You talked to, like you said, when when you started this whole thing, you talked to four different lawyers. You talked to four different accountants. You know, you're going to get... Four different answers. For yeah, and, and, and the first thing that happens is as you start reading through the guide, there's a there's a are you eligible section. And, and one of the first categories in there is it says, did you pay more, more than $450,000 for your product? Or does your fair market value exceed $450,000? Well, if it does, it says you're not eligible. At that point, most people stop and go, oh, I thought right. I was getting this money back, but I'm not. Right. What that means is you're not eligible for the federal rebate, but there's a provincial rebate. Right. You just had to continue reading. The other problem is you're going to easily find the federal form, but finding the provincial form isn't as easy. The provincial (laughs) form is about three times the value of the federal form. But can you do it? Sure you can. If you want to sit down and and go through the guides and take the time to do it, you can do it. I would say the average person is going to spend eight to ten hours filling in the form. Or they can hire us to do it. We can get it done in a couple of hours. We can process it. We can guarantee that they're going to get the rebate. Great. And what, uh, I guess it's a good time to ask, what, in terms of your service, what, how do you get paid? What, what do you charge? 
we charge a flat fee. We will charge a percentage if people like, um, but the percentage never makes sense. Uh, we charge, on average, $575. Um, once we receive that rebate, or once the client receives the rebate, that becomes due. Mm -hmm. uh, many clients end up paying us beforehand, but the way we process it is if I did your application today, it's almost the end of May, I'd probably send you out an invoice at the end of June. Well, chances are you're going to have to check by the end of June. Right. So that's when it's due. Right. If you don't get the check, then wait till you receive the check and pass. That's fine. Right. Okay. okay. Um, one of the things on the uh, big question, a lot of I get asked a lot, and there's a lot of misinformation on the forms. You have to put the fair market value of your property, FMV, fair market value. So what is the fair market value? What? How? How is it determined? Because it seems like a subjective sort of a thing. How? What number are you supposed to put in there for fair market value? What do you do? Okay. So let me ask you what is fair market value. You're a realtor. You should know these things. <laughs> well, if you ask me from a realtor's perspective, what is fair market value? It's basically what what a property would sell for if put on the uh, – if exposed on the market today. Today. That's correct. And that's what it is from Revenue Canada's perspective. So if I buy a property and I agree to buy a property two years in advance and I agree to buy it for $210,000 – when I close on the property today and I pay $200,000 or $210,000, what's its fair market value? $210,000. Right? Okay. That's what someone was willing to pay. I was willing to pay $210,000. Okay. So that's its fair market value from Revenue Canada's perspective. Okay. Is what is someone prepared to pay for that today, which is what I paid. So your fair market value in 99% of the time is what did you pay for the property? Take out your HST though, because HST isn't part of it. Okay. So if I bought it for five for two ten, and there was thirteen thousand dollars in HST or five thousand dollars in HST, the fair market value then is two hundred five. Interesting. Okay. okay. Where it becomes the questionable one is, let's say I apply for a new home rebate. I pretend that I'm going to live there. I knew I was going to rent it from the beginning, but I didn't want to pay the cash flow up front. Mm -hmm. So I decided to apply as a new home rebate. Yeah. Six months, a year from now, Revenue Canada calls me up and says, you're not eligible. But we noticed you rented the property and you might be eligible for the, the new rent, residential rental rebate program. Okay. Okay. What's the fair market value now? <laughs> well, now the fair right. market value is what is someone willing to pay today, a year, year and a half down the road. So now that number is different. So now that fair market value is increased if you've done your job right. 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 So you bought the place for 210 back in 2012, mm -hmm. but in 2014, when Revenue Canada sends you that letter, the whole place is done, the landscaping's done, the, the neighborhood's gone up in value, people have been selling these properties. Now, all of a sudden, this property's not worth 210 anymore, it's worth 400,000. Mm. That's going to impact the amount of rebate you're eligible for. Wow. So, again, it goes back to do it right away. Do it right away. Do it the right way. It's fast, it's easy. And here's a question that is becoming more common with, especially in Toronto condos, is developer giving these guaranteed leaseback programs where the developer will lease the property back from you. If you purchase a condo, they guarantee you to lease it back for one or two or three years. Yep. Great Can, programs. Yeah, great. Very attractive for investors. Guaranteeing your uh, return on investment. It's a wonderful idea. It really becomes a question of semantics. If the developer is truly going to lease the property back from you, so you're going to get a letter from ABC developer mm -hmm. saying, we are leasing this property from you for a year, two years, three years, 
and a guaranteed rate, yep. you're not eligible. Okay. If what they're doing is providing a property management type function, yep. which means they're going to take your property, they're guaranteeing it will be leased at a certain rate, they're going to go out and find a tenant, then you're eligible. Okay, so it really okay. is a semantics thing. Okay. If I'm, as the builder, going to lease it from you and then sublease it to someone else, yes. now it becomes, you don't have a residential lease. You have a lease with a commercial entity. Okay. A commercial lease doesn't qualify. Okay. Okay. If they just become the, the third party that helps you find a lease and guarantees you a rate, mm-hmm. then you're fine. You're going to get 100% of your rebate back. So okay. it really is a semantics question. So most builders, they they go on, they hire a property management company, and that's how they're working that. Okay. So in your experience with doing the rebate applications under a, a rental guarantee, um, what paperwork or how does it need to be set up to be successful to get that HST back? Or can you give can you give us an example of a successful one? Well, every one we've done so far has been successful. It's just an extra step. Uh, really, what you well, when we call the client or when we're talking to the client and they send us over a copy of the lease, what they send to us is a copy of the agreement between them and the builder mm-hmm. or between them and the property management company. Yeah. We then have to call the property management company and say, okay, can you send me a copy of the lease with the tenant? Yes. Now, it doesn't matter that that lease with the tenant is between the tenant and the property management company. Right. We've closed the loop by saying, as, as the owner, I'm allowing you to lease this on my behalf. Okay. Right? So we've closed the loop so it's easy for Revenue Canada. The property manager becomes not the tenant, but the agent, really, who is finding the tenant. That's all they are. Yeah. Okay. In that case, they're going to get 100% of their rebate. That's that's good. And it's easy. Yeah. So that's good news for for people who are uh, investors who are buying these units with leasebacks. Yeah. it's, It's a great concept. It's a wonderful idea that the developers have come up with because from a return on investment perspective, it's great. Yep. And from an HST perspective, it means that if you're buying one of these properties, you're guaranteed you're going to get your rebate. Of course, one of the challenges that we've seen is probably 50% of the claims that we get in this situation, they applied originally as a, a new home rebate, said that uh, they were going to live there. Right. Well, obviously, you weren't. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you bought it with the idea that they were going to rent it for Right. You. So again, it's go- it keeps going back to do your homework, do it right the first time. Correct. Uh, you do shoot yourself in the foot in a lot of cases if you don't do this properly. Well, you're call- causing yourself needless cash flow and, and, mm-hmm. and stress, right? Revenue yeah. Canada calls. Nobody wants to talk to Revenue Canada. No. The biggest reason why you <laughs> hire an accountant or you hire someone yeah. to, is to be that inter- in the person in the middle. Yes. Um, what you're doing is if you apply to save yourself some cash flow, at the beginning I don't have to pay that $20,000 in HST on closing, a month, two, three months down the road, Revenue Canada calls you. They're charging you penalties and they're charging you interest of 5%. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, you just ate up $2,000. Right. You could have borrowed the money at the bank at 2.5%, applied right away, and got your money back in 45 days. Yeah. So now it might have cost you $125 for that money. Whereas the other way, with interest and penalties, you could be out a couple thousand dollars. Right. So don't do that. <laughs> and you don't have to go through the stress of having room to kind of stress, go, yeah. Hello. Yeah. yeah. I think that's what it comes down to for most people. Is they, people, you want to avoid stress, right? Yeah. Um, so that's great. We covered so much here today. Um, I think there's probably going to be a lot of follow-up questions from people listening. 
uh, feel free to email me, andrew at truecondos.com. And we will definitely think have to have you on again for another interview sure. in the future. Sure, Just for in closing, tell us a little bit about yourself in terms of condo investment. Are you a condo investor yourself, and what what do you own, and what's your what's your strategy with investing in condos? We are. We actually quite like it. Um, we bought our first condo three and a half years ago. Uh, we now have four condos. Uh, two are just being finalized as far as development goes. I think we take possession of those uh, end of the summer. Um, we've had no problems renting them, which is which is wonderful. A little little rocky in the beginning with the HST, yeah. But now that we understand that, that's easy. You know, right. it's, it's a bit of a cash flow crunch at the beginning, but you're going to get it all back, so that's great. Right. And you get some interest on it too. Um, but we've had no problems getting renters. Okay. We're getting rents well beyond what we expected. Mm-hmm. Uh, the big change for us is, uh, you know, we're seeing that we're buying these condos. Like I said, one of the condos we bought for two hundred and ten thousand. Um, now that they've finished. The property, the landscaping's done; it's all completed, and we're a year away from taking occupancy. We can actually look at selling it. Um, the property's worth two eighty. Mm-hmm. Wow! All of a sudden, we've made seventy thousand yeah. dollars. Plus, we've had a little bit of pay down over the year. Uh, what we also not like is that because they're condos and because they're new, there's not a lot of work to do. Right. And we can use the condo rules to help us out tremendously. You know, our, our first tenant calls us up and says, hey, you know, we'd like to put a satellite dish on the outside. Sorry, the condo rules won't allow that. Right. Well, we'd like to get a big dock. Sorry, it's not me. I like big docks, but the condo rules don't allow it. Right. So all of a sudden we get to use the condo board right. as our reason to manage our clients, Right. right. which is which is nice. Right. So it's uh, have you owned other investment properties or? Yep. Or, yep. yep we've had so a couple. Compared of- to other types of investment properties. You see a lot of advantages to, to a couple the big advantages. We've uh, we've had a couple of residential products where we bought uh, resale products. We've we've uh, built them up and we flipped them. Did okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, we bought a couple of residential products where we built them up and we've had tenants in there. Uh, lots of concerns because they're older properties. There's always things going wrong. Um, but the biggest gain for us has been in the new condos because we're buying them at spec off spec. Yep. Um, by the time we take possession, they're already worth twenty, thirty thousand dollars more than we purchased them for. Yep. We wait that year; they're worth fifty, sixty thousand dollars worth more than we paid them for, and we have no problems renting them because they're brand new and no one's lived in them. Right. And there's been no work. I think uh, no work. Yeah. I would say on those two that we have, I've probably done one visit when a client had a concern. Right. Yeah. You know that's pretty nice. Yeah. Uh, whereas. I can think back two, three years ago, we were getting calls between the three units that we have. We were probably getting calls once a month. Yeah. Plus somebody had to go mow the lawn. Yeah. You know, it'd be nice to ask your client to do that, but they're not <laughs> going to do that. Yeah. Uh, whereas here, we don't have to do anything. There's no work for us. Like I say, we might go out once every six months just to say hi. And, and nine times out of 10, they love it. Yeah. So it's not a big deal. So yeah. it's it's been a great experience for us. That's great. And we're making good money at it. That's what it's all about. Yeah. Well, great. Thanks, Mark. Um, so if anybody wants to get a hold of Mark, just send me an email, andrew at truecondos.com, or go to my website, truecondos.com, search for Mark Purdy in the search bar, Mark Purdy, and uh, you'll pull up the, the blog post with this interview, and you can fill out the contact form there to get a hold of Mark. So thank you very much, Mark, for your, for your time, and hopefully we can have you on again. Sounds great. Thanks. Okay, there you go. That was Mark Purdy tax consultant and uh, HST rebate expert. 
There's tons of valuable information that was just dropped on you on this episode. So this one might be one you want to bookmark or come back to, listen to it again, let it all sink in. Um, think about how it might affect you and your situation with your investments. Now, the HST is a somewhat complex issue, and um, obviously, and I'm going to have to have Mark on again in the future ep- on a future episode to talk more about the subject. But I know that I learned a ton uh, from this episode and from talking to Mark. I hope you did too. If you have any questions, which I'm sure you do, or if you'd like to talk to Mark directly about your HST rebate situation, just send me a quick email. Andrew at truecondos.com or give me a call 416-371-2333 and we'll get you uh, connected there. Once again, for all the show notes on this episode, just head on over to truecondos.com slash rebate. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you on the next episode. Bye. Thanks for listening to the True Condos Podcast. Remember, your positive reviews make a big difference to the show. To learn more about condo investing, become a True Condos subscriber by visiting truecondos.com.